Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 245, air date March 12, 2018. We have to take Congress in 2018. We must. It is phase two in the Trump reformation of making America great again. It is phase two to make sure that we have a Congress that will get behind President Trump's agenda to put America first. Dr. Shiva Ayadurai, one of those individuals who has stepped up to the plate and is running for Congress, he will be running against Elizabeth Warren, the fake Indian. What a fraud, what a phony that woman is. Why don't we replace a fake Indian with a real Indian Why don't we replace a pseudo-intellectual with a real intellectual? That is Shiva Ayadurai. Glad to be joined by him today. VAShiva.com, ShivaForSenate.com. His list of accomplishments is too long to read here on air. But Shiva, you, uh, you were at CPAC. You were speaking this week. You also wanted to talk about gun control in the wake of the Florida shooting. But first, let's talk about CPAC. You were at CPAC. Uh, Trump gave an amazing speech. It seemed like a very energized event as well. What was your experience like there? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Owen, we went to CPAC. This time, we not only sort of went there uh, to observe, we actually went there and we got a booth there and we distributed uh, 2,000 flyers which said only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. You may have seen it. It got press on Guardian. It got picked up by the Independent. It went viral all over the Internet. What was interesting was a lot of people don't know CPAC uh, is really, you know, an old Bush establishment organization. Um, you know, they have to now accept Trump because he is fundamentally the leader of the Trump movement. But when we went there, we had our booth registered. This is what's fascinating. Three days ago, Owen, we arrived there and they say our booth has been voided. And we ask why. They give us no reason. And they proceed to tell us a guy by the name of Ian Walters, who, by the way, is the same guy who said that Michael Steele, the only reason he became the RNC chairman was because he was a black guy, okay? So this guy proceeds to tell us that we we should not be there, our booth was voided. And uh, we actually have the actual receipt that we share with him, which is the bank processing. So then CPAC, another financial director comes to us and he basically gives us a fraudulent receipt which says our booth was voided two days ago. Anyway, we talked to our bankers, and the booth was literally voided after about 15 minutes of us engaging with them, Owen. So regardless of this, we found out two of our other guys went and set up the exhibit booth and no one said anything. So for a whole day, we distributed these flyers. And next day, when after President Trump spoke, we distributed about 2000 flyers. The bottom line is you got to understand, we still have a big fight going on because there's a Trump movement. And then there's the established Republicans who, by the way, didn't allow Dinesh D'Souza to speak at this event, and they also didn't allow the editor Gateway Pundit. But it was a big victory for us was because it took them two days to figure out that we were there. Um, We had paid all of our stuff on time, so they committed fraud, and we're seriously considering a lawsuit against the CPAC leadership, uh, particularly this guy, Ian Walters, Matt Schlapp, and Ryan McGowan. But the big thing was, uh, uh, oh, and it was very energized. All the Trumpsters loved us. Um, they were really happy to see us. We probably had about 80, 90% of people who knew us out there. But the most important thing, Owen, out of this was we are the ones who basically uh, exposed the fake Indian. It was our consistent hammering. We're going to take full credit for this on the fake Indian, sending her the uh, genetic test that then the, then the Globe picked up on it, which is an ultra-liberal newspaper. And then, in fact, the Wall Street Journal picked up on it. 
So um, we take full credit for completely exposing the fake Indian in Massachusetts, where the liberal press and even the Wall Street Journal now has to acknowledge that he has a problem. And that's what I will do in Massachusetts. We're going to go after not only the fake Indian now uh, owned, but we're also going to go after the establishment GOP, which is in complete cahoots with Warren. So I consider this a big victory. CPAC was great, uh, but you got to understand the CPAC establishment, uh, Matt Schlapp, by the way, was a political director for the Bushes. Let's not forget that. So uh, uh, President Trump gave an awesome speech, and uh, I think we're in a very interesting point in the Trump movement because the establishment Republicans are still in, in the lurches there, right? Um, they're looking for him to fail. That's why the Trump movement now really needs to take on version you know, 2 or 3.0, which is what we represent, which is really about against the establishment. You see that little T-shirt back there where we have the devil with two, two heads of the Republicans and Democrats. And that's what we're doing here, uh, Owen. And it's, it's very, very exciting. Well, yeah. And I mean, I know that you've been dealing with pushback from the establishment Republicans and the GOP ever since you tried to run as a Republican. You dealt with so much flack. You decided to just say, screw that. I'll run as an independent. I think it was a good move for you. And it's paid off so far. But it's almost like not just are we dealing, you know, obviously your campaign, the real Indian versus the fake Indian, but you've also kind of got, you know, real conservative versus fake conservatives. And, and there seems to be that kind of ongoing battle that we have to be paying attention to now as well. But when you look at the different campaigns that are kind of propping up right now around the country, it, it, it seems to me that that's going to be kind of the focus point. It, it's not there yet, but I feel like once the rubber meets the road and, and people are really hitting the campaign trail hard and these races are really coming down to the final straw, it's going to be like, okay, the most, the most of the country that goes to the polls that are going to vote Republican are going to support Trump. So are you going to support Trump? They're going to be asking that question. And if you've got a candidate that's not willing to say that, I don't see how they're going to be successful. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's... It, you. you it, uh, Donald Trump started something that in many ways is bigger than him now. It's a Trump movement. And that movement was centered around uh, against the establishment. Oh, and, and we all need to recognize that. Um, and for that, you know, I think we hold him a historic gratitude. Um, he's in the swamp there. He's got to play games to survive. You know, he's got to joust. We don't even understand the 3D level of chess he's playing. But fundamentally, he unleashed a movement which was against the establishment. That's why people came to vote for him. You know, next door in Rhode Island, there's a governor called Joe Trillo. He uh, is Trump Republican. He's decided to run as an independent. So I'm telling you, five, 10 years from now, what we started doing in Massachusetts is going to become standard operating model, which is people are going to realize both of these parties don't give a damn about the American people. It's they're, they're about for the establishment, by the establishment. And independence is what it's really about. That's why our slogan is, you know, declare your independence. And fundamentally, it's going down. You know, when you say what is conservative, it's ultimately a model of decentralization, right? That it's not a finite set of people know better than you're, you know, you or me. We know better. The citizens who are out there working, the American working people, black and white, actually know what's good for them. And that's what declare your independence means. And it's really declaring our independence from the military industrial academic complex in Massachusetts. Elizabeth Warren is the face of that. Um, she's got Harvard on one end, which is part of the academic complex, which is really, as I've mentioned over and over again, it's really a Who just got boondoggled. I don't know if you heard this, but they just got boondoggled on a billion dollar investment. Did you hear about that? No, no. What, what is that? 
Guys, uh, see if you can pull that up. We'll, we'll talk about it in the next segment. But it yeah. was funny because you came on the show and you were telling me how this this whole Harvard thing is just a Ponzi scheme, essentially. They're just raking raking in cash. And then they, they lost like a billion dollars in some investments they made. But, you know, it's amazing. I, yeah, I, I feel see, like they'll get to write it off. They'll get to write it off. Taxpayers pay for it. And they don't. It's good that at least we're starting to put a 1.5 percent tax on their endowment. Again, uh, we've been hammering on that. But I think we should. Uh, you know, I believe in fair tax. I believe we should lower the income tax, but we should tax organizations like this. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is um, last year, or t- a year before, their hedge fund managers got paid $58 million, six or seven of them. Think about that. And this organization says that they're a university. They're basically a Wall Street hedge fund. And Elizabeth Warren has said nothing against them. Charlie Baker, who's a GOP uh, never Trump or governor has said nothing against them, and neither has Mitt Romney. So it's part of the Harvard sewer, which feeds a swamp in D.C. And I think alternative to that is working people like you and I and others who actually innovate. MIT represents by and large that. I mean, it too is part of the industrial complex, but at least the guys down at MIT, they've created nearly 33,000 businesses, which have generated $2 trillion in revenue for this country per yeah, year. Yeah, and you don't see MIT trying to get their, their fingertips on every industry in this country like Harvard does. I mean, Harvard basically runs Google. I mean, you graduate from Harvard, you basically got a foot in the door at Google uh, or in government. But, it, you know, it's amazing. The fake identity politics of the left are really more exposed in your race against Elizabeth Warren than anywhere else. My guest is Dr. Shiva Ayadure, inventor of email. He is now running for Senate as well against Elizabeth Warren. And we're going to get into some more serious topics in a second here. But, you know, it's just amazing to me how the fake identity politics of the left can be so easily identified. All you have to do is look at the race between Elizabeth Warren and Shiva Ayadire. Elizabeth Warren, if you want to talk about white privilege, there's your poster child for white privilege. Harvard gets to lie about her her ethnic background and, and just go totally unscathed. And then you have an individual who's actually an Indian, actually a minority here fighting for his rights, and they just totally ignore him and uh, act like he doesn't exist. Uh, it's just amazing to me how that goes on. But um, Shiva, you wanted to talk about merit-based immigration uh, to start this segment. Well, let's talk about that. You know, we just had an individual, a mayor of Oakland, Libby Schaff, who alerted criminals that the police were coming for him. They're saying up to 800 of them got away. I mean, this is insane. How can we even get to merit-based immigration when we've got local mayors that are actively working to obstruct justice and aid and abet criminals? Yeah, I mean, look at Owen. You know, when my parents and I came from uh, India to here, there were two things, two principles that I think everyone can get around it, and we really need to get over this nonsense. The two issues that make this country great uh, were meritocracy, And the other thing was rule of law. You see, many other countries, people forget they don't have really rule of law. There's corruption is sort of rampant everywhere. Albeit we have corruption in America, it's at very deep, high levels. You call it deep state. But in most countries, it's everywhere. The other piece is that meritocracy. You know, my mom would say in a country like India, you can get discriminated nine different ways in America, three. But if you worked hard enough, you could overcome that. But meritocracy and rule of law is what made this country great. Now, when you start taking that away, fundamentally, you start destroying the fabric of this country. And the career politicians, they're the reason why this takes place, because they care about one thing, Owen, about getting elected and getting reelected. 
So for them, they exploit illegal immigrants, right? So in the, in the, in the recent bill, fortunately, it, it got canned, was they had put f- uh, ahead 1.8 uh, million DACA people ahead of 1.5 million legal immigrants. There's a lot of people who've gone through the visa process or applying. They are going to be sent by green card 70 years back, 70 years visa backlog. So what are we training people? What we're training people to do is to say, you know what? Meritocracy doesn't matter. What matters is that it's okay to break the law. So why does it even matter to be a legal citizen? So the merit-based immigration is the model that made this country great. At CPAC, you know, Trump gave a good speech. Forget, you know, anyone who hates Trump should ask, what's wrong with this fundamental issue that you should come here with skills or be ready to acquire skills and contribute to this country? There's nothing wrong with that. Any country wants that. So when you look at uh, you know, a mayor like this or what's going on with sanctuary cities, it's fundamentally g- going to destroy the fabric of this country. And it's already starting to. And in my opinion, that cultural destruction of this country is very closely related to the gun control issue. The gun control debate has, frankly, it's, has nothing to do with gun control. You know, when, you know, as a systems guy, when I look at it, the politicians, most of them very, very stupid people, like to always isolate things as one thing. But when you look at it as a systems problem, you find out that we've created at a deep level a culture of violence in this country, right? And it's beyond, you know, guns. You know, in the 70s, 80s, the same number of guns were around. You didn't have this kind of nonsense. You know, you have, it's clearly been shown that a lot of these young people are on psychotropic drugs, right? The health, uh, the health and food that people are be- being given affects the brain. And I can talk at length about it as a PhD. Yeah, which you're also MIT. fighting that on. I mean, you're also, you know, fighting Monsanto on that as well. Yeah. In fact, by the way, Owen, we have a, a great movie that was produced by Pierce Brosnan, uh, you know, 007 and his wife who have really put their uh, you know, many ways they put their reputation on the line to do this movie called Poisoning Paradise. I'm a, what Killian Pierce, I'm the star scientist in it, but everyone should see it. It's won now 11 major film awards, and it's really about what occurred with the poisoning of Kauai that Monsanto really, and, and, a lot of, and a lot of the companies used it for Agent Orange testing. And everyone should really check this movie out. It's a great movie. It's a political movie. It's an educational movie, but it's really going to open people's eyes. And anyone listening out there, look, you know, food is one of the few things that you can control what you put into your body. For God's sake, watch what you're putting into your body. You know, there's very few things you can control. And part of our campaign is real health, which means we want to drive the cost of organic food down. You know, companies like Whole Foods and Amazon are really industrializing organic food. This is a longer topic, but fundamentally, food is a $4.7 trillion business. You know, part of our campaign is we want to make Votech schools and farming schools, if people go, if they work for two years after, they should get relieved off their tuition. We need more farmers. The average age of a farmer is only is 62 years old. You know, we don't have enough skilled labor in this country. And these are the foundations that we need to uh, address in this country. That's where fundamentally leads to violence uh, in this country. People feel destitute. They feel like they have no hope. And you really look at the gun control issue. You're looking at people psychotropic drugs is one tentacle in it. You have a lot of the, I mean, no one goes after the video game guys. Look, there's a lot of good video games out there, which are educational, but I got to tell you when you can go rape people in a video game, shoot them up and you're on psychotropic drugs. And on top of it, you're not eating well. I'm telling you that creates in in a biological system, uh, epigenetics where you're upregulating things that is not going to make a healthy human being. 
And no one wants to discuss that core issue because none of these politicians understand science or engineering. They want to just, you know, talk about the Second Amendment. It has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. So we really need to go to the core of this issue. And, and I think that, you know, you can obviously point to the, the things that psychotropic drug manufacturers and video game companies have in common is what they advertise on television. They advertise on mainstream news. So, of course, mainstream news is going to talk about that and hurt their advertisers. Now, you know, we're not calling well, not for anything. You have, Google, you have Google and, you know, it, you know, one of the things is Supreme Court judges uh, ha- are doing rulings that are very bad behavior. You know, we have the right, by the way, to impeach Supreme Court judges. And we, we have, as a community, not exercised that. You know, when you can do, uh, you know, you can throw cats going against the wall. Yeah, free speech is one thing, but even the First Amendment has certain limits on it. For example, you can't call fire in a theater, right? You can't do defamation and libel. And my issue that we have is this is a culture war ultimately. What kind of culture are we creating when young people are, cons- are openly, you know, the, the school systems are giving people 30, 40 percent of these kids on Ritalin and all sorts of drugs. We are creating a unhealthy culture. Yeah. I, I'm talking about a biologically unhealthy culture. What you put in your mouth affects you. What you see affects you. What you hear affects you. These are all biological inputs. And, and again, none of these politicians, they're not architects, they're not engineers, they're not entrepreneurs, you know, as Washington Jefferson were. These guys are mainly a lot of very stupid people. And that's Most why we need people like you, people like Trump, people like Savage to run for office that actually have the experience uh, but real quick, we got 30 seconds here. You bring up epigenetics, something that nobody talks about. I've never even thought about it. What about like the impact of video games on like the next generation of people? I mean, is that something that concerns you? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm saying, you know, when new things come as inputs, we got to really look at these things. I'm actually starting, by the way, I want to look at all the, I have a spreadsheet now looking at all the school shootings and I'm going to, I'm starting to do my own analysis because no one's done the analysis. But the bottom line is we need innovators, scientists, people actually work for a living in government. You know, people should go to shivaforsenate.com, you know, donate whatever you can, help us out in any way. But it's people like us, it's people 